Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there. My name is Jessica and this is the Sunshine Girl podcast. Now on this podcast, we deal with everything life and living it, personal development, relationship issues, and so much more. And so I'm hoping that you sit back and enjoy. A lot of this content has been repurposed from my YouTube channel. That's the Jessica OS channel. And it's uh, repackaged and brought to you right here on your favorite podcast platform. And so sit back, relax, and enjoy. So if you're a man out there and you at some point in your life have been, you know, concerned about your ejaculate volume, this is the perfect video for you. In today's video, yes, we get into that conversation, ejaculate volume, and perhaps why some men are just so concerned about that. Should they be concerned? Um, I've been joined on the video today and on the channel today by Dr. Patel. He's a urologist extraordinaire, and he's going to be answering all the questions. Hey, Doc, good to see you again. You too. Thank you. <laughs> all righty. So let's jump right into the conversation. Why is this such a big deal for men? When it comes to semen volume, I think like um, when it comes to like penile length, a lot of these issues, I think it just comes with being a man. So it's always one of these concerns that people have, especially if they notice changes. You know, I mm -hmm. think most people don't know. I mean, most people wouldn't know if there's any differences in their in their volume than someone else unless they've kind of noticed it themselves. Right. Or over time, they've noticed reduction in, in their length or maybe even discoloration. So I think I think that's always the, the biggest takeaway is that um, it, it often isn't an issue until they start noticing changes. Right. Uh, and, and what is considered normal? How much volume is actually normal? Yeah, typically about one to 1.5 like mils, like, like, like is typically the, that's usually the cutoff. So less than 5% of men. So a lot of this normal ranges are based on prior fertility studies. And essentially more than like 1.5 mils is a normal uh, ejaculate volume. Um, just in terms, like in layman terms, is that like, say a teaspoonful? Is that half a teaspoon? Would you say? trying to think of a spoon right now, but like, yeah, probably like half, like half a teaspoon or maybe a teaspoon would probably be a equivalent. I, I've, uh, I haven't, I don't have that in one of my cups yet, so I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair enough. Um, so just in, t in terms of, um, you know, um, things that cost mm -hmm. maybe men to have certain textures or, uh, amount of, of ejaculate or semen, what can we highlight here? Yeah. So when you think about ejaculate volume and why does it matter? Well, it, it, it can matter for a few reasons. It's not to say that it isn't important because if when we think about ejaculate volume and if it's low or normal, so when men have low volume ejaculate, that actually could cause infertility issues. Okay. In the sense that some men and could have blockages where sperm is not able to enter into the ejaculate, but it's also blocking the area that's providing nourishment for the sperm. So depending on where the level of blockage is, some men, and they, they may never have known this because it's normal for them, is that they've had only drops of ejaculate because they have blockages at the tube where it's connected from the two areas in our body that's producing the, the, the sperm are able to swim out and as well as the nourishment. 
So if you have blockages there, it's actually going to cause you to have a low volume ejaculate, but you may never know because this is something you've had your whole life. Hmm. Other things that can cause this is that men who are diabetic, so men who have really poorly controlled diabetes, they may not ejaculate or have very low volumes of ejaculate. And so there are certain conditions that we think about, especially when they present with infertility issues, when the, that the ejaculate volume is very important. Hmm. Um, I've heard, and please correct me if I'm wrong, has dehydration got anything to do with it? Like in terms of the, the amount of... Absolutely. So hydration, you know, that's, that's definitely... Yeah. Yeah, certainly a big culprit when it comes to ejaculate volume that men who are, you know, not as hydrated, that, that can fluctuate, certainly. Right. And um, how long does it take, for instance, for one's volume to replenish, you know, after maybe um, ejaculation? Yeah, typically about, I would say typically about 24 hours. So frequent masturbation. So the more, you know, you masturbate or the more intercourse you have, you can, you know, probably most men have noticed that the reduction in their ejaculate volume after every encounter, right? So if they ejaculate a couple times or three, four times during the day, they're going to notice the volume is going to go down quite a bit. And then it may take 24 hours to replenish. Right. Would you say lifestyle factors also affect that? Say you have a man who smokes excessively or, or drinks alcohol, for instance? Not those factors per se. Those often don't impact the ejaculate volume. Um, yeah, when it comes to the ejaculate volume in sense or the amount of ejaculate volume, Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with more the dehydration, as you mentioned, your fluid status, and it comes to, and also the last time that you, you know, that you were able to ejaculate. So if it was just a little while ago, it's going to be less on this occasion. Right. And does maybe a low ejaculate volume also indicate, say, prostate issues? Is it, is it correlated in any way? No, not, not related to the prostate issues, but there are patients who take medications specifically for the prostate that some men are on prostate medications that help the prostate relax to allow them to empty their bladder better that they may notice that they're actually they don't ejaculate at all anymore it's because what's happening is instead of the ejaculate going out it's actually shooting back into the bladder and they're just peeing it out after so there mm -hmm. are medications that we commonly prescribe med patients on that you know um that they may not realize that's a side effect of the medication Okay. And, and what are, should I say, the signs um, of a blockage in the uh, reproductive system that might affect, you know, e ejaculate volume? I mean, how will a, a guy know? Yeah, so, some of them are always going to be tricky because it may be a situation where, like we talked about, is that they were born with this. So they may not ever really know it's an issue because they have nothing to really compare it to. Maybe their partner will say, you know what, that is quite low. But often, maybe during their time of, or you know, they may be struggling to conceive and that may be the first point of contact. Um, but often if patients have had a long standing history of just drops of ejaculate, um, that is an indication that there could be some sort of blockage. Other things like we talked about is that men who have, you know, diabetes and it's poorly controlled over time, they may notice the ejaculate volume going down. If they started medications for the prostate, they may notice their ejaculate volume going down. And then other uh, one common area that I that I will see in my practice is that men who've had large abdominal surgery. So men who've had mm -hmm. surgery in their stomach, there's a lot of nerves there that are responsible for ejaculation or emission of the ejaculation. And after their surgery, they may lose the ability to ejaculate. They still orgasm, they still feel it, just nothing comes out. So there are certainly things like that that can have an impact. What is retrograde? Is, it, is that how it's pronounced? Retrograde? Retrograde. Uh, retrograde ejaculation. Okay, good. What is that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great. And you know that that stems to the um, 
the prostate. So when it comes to the medications that we put men on for their prostate, that causes retrograde ejaculation. And so what that is, is that instead of it coming out, it kind of shoots back into the bladder and then you just pee it out after. It can happen with medications. Um, it can happen after surgery. Um, it can happen after prostate surgery as well. Like when we go in there and we do something called a, a TERP procedure, uh, where we actually open the prostate up to allow a, someone to empty their bladder better, that mm. can cause retrograde ejaculation. Okay. And um, so just, you know, considering everything that we've talked about, should men be worried if they have a low ejaculate volume? Yeah, not necessarily. I, I, I think it really depends on the situation. If, if, you know, if it's not related to, you know, fertility, that they're not looking to, to conceive, um, it certainly is not a, not worrisome in that standpoint. And, you know, what I would urge men is that if they've noticed, you know, potentially a sharp decline in their ejaculate volume, it's worth bringing up to their physician just to get them to evaluate, just to make sure everything else is okay. But certainly not a, um, nothing sinister is happening, like prostate cancer or anything like that. Right. And just in terms of the consistency of it. Um, I know sometimes it, it can feel a little thicker, sometimes a little more lighter. Does that matter? Is there an issue there? Yeah. So when it comes to like, so, you know, when we think about the consistency, the, you know, how thick it is, or can, you know, th there's always a lot of things that uh, can change the ejaculate, the type of the ejaculate, and that could be hydration status. So, you know, you will notice that you may have reduced ejaculate or the, the texture of it may decrease if you're not as hydrated. Um, and that, that has no um, consequence to that. So something not really to be worried about. One thing that we get referred to quite frequently as urologists is blood in the ejaculate. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so men may have, and it's probably, you know, I, I can imagine that it'd be very startling that you ejaculate, then all of a sudden you have blood in there. And it's like, right. what's going on? Is it, is it cancer or what's happening? You know, fortunately, um, when men have been evaluated for blood in the ejaculate, it in the vast majority of cases does not show any anything. Okay. So it could be just caused by some inflammation uh, that may cause a little bit of blood in the ejaculate. Um, but men have been evaluated up and down and this didn't really reveal any findings. Okay. That's good to know. So, I mean, you, you shouldn't freak out if you, you randomly sold blood. No, it's, I think it's important to touch base with your physician because if you keep getting repeated episodes of blood in the ejaculate, that's something that you want to bring up to your physician because it may warrant uh, additional investigations and also trying to differentiate blood in the urine from blood in the ejaculate. Blood in the ejaculate is significantly less concerning than blood in the urine. So just just kind of being accustomed to that, they're coming from different places. You know, whether you have blood, you know, don't just shrug it off to get it checked out, but just reassuring men that in most cases, when it's just isolated blood in the ejaculate, that it's not often um, something bad going on. So if you have blood in the urine, what does that indicate? Yeah, so the most common cause of men having, or patients having blood in the urine is bladder cancer typically in the older patients. So typically, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, even older. Uh, but when people have blood in their urine, if you can see it or if it's on a urine test, uh, it does require a few investigations. So one is something called a cystoscopy, where we basically put a little camera inside the bladder and we look around to see if there's any tumors or anything like that that could be causing blood. And then we'll either get ultrasounds or CT scans just to see if the blood may be coming from even potentially even the kidneys, because it's all it's all connected through the urinary system. 
Okay. All righty. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's self-explanatory uh, and especially you've, you've done really well, you know, breaking down the whole conversation. So I have no more questions for you today. <laughs> Doc, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yes, let's do this again soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Right. So if you enjoy Dr. Patel, you can actually find him on social media. I'll leave a link to his um, Instagram channel and his website in my video description. Reach out to him. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you may have. Plus, um, yeah, please um, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel if you want more of this content. If you want me to bring Dr. Patel back for another video, show me on the likes, right? Let me know. My name is Jessica. Thank you so much for watching. And I will definitely see you again in the next video. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunshine Girl podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you share it with someone else who will find this information beneficial. I hope the conversations were great as well. And if they were, make sure you tune in again and subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications so whenever I post a podcast, you're able to listen in and share once again. If you'd like to support this podcast, you absolutely can. You can become a supporter of this channel. Just search for it right here on this platform or you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jessica OS. I would absolutely love all the support that I can get. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I'll see you again soon.